0: on writers and welcome first time viewers to the books by adrian author platform this is typewriters podcast today we'll be chatting with te butcher at the time of recording we've just wrapped up live stream sunday for the week if you missed it you can watch it on the replay linked here for the youtube audience and in the show notes for the audio only audience for those of you listening on apple podcasts and spotify thank you so very much for supporting the podcast subscribe to the podcast there and leave us a five-star review i'm only accepting five-star reviews i'm sorry it's just company policy it's the only thing you can do is five star review but in that five star review you can say anything you want just uh you know tell me i'm ugly i don't care just whatever five star reviews any and all help in that arena is greatly appreciated youtube folks like comment subscribe hit the notification bell uh if you are getting late notifications lately folks everybody is getting late notifications in their emails and all that kind of stuff check your settings in youtube double check your settings on your phone and, uh, and always uh, set reminders anyway, because the reminders are more reliable than the notifications. Okay, uh, leave us a comment downstairs regarding your favorite sci-fi war or fantasy war story. Okay, so wow us with your comment, and your comment can be chosen for the comment of the week on the next episode of Livestream Sunday. Now, let's welcome our guest back into the room. Welcome back, Mr. Butcher.
1: Hey, hey. how's it going?
0: <laughs> howdy 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 hello we're gonna we're gonna also show names here because that way it's easier for everybody at home hi okay dude uh we just wrapped up live stream sunday i had a good old time uh how about yourself
1: uh that, i had a great time that was for the first thing i've really done on youtube ever yeah that was much smoother than i expected
0: it was fun right yeah like i try to make it so that you don't have to do anything just sit there and 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 answer questions Uh, oh you're fine no more (laughs) yeah i love the sound of that (laughs) yeah i love it right right there you go that's what you gotta do you just gotta make it easy for people and they'll be fine make it easy for people (laughs) that's what i always tell them is like i i had one guest and I, i will never name names but i did have one guest who just wouldn't read the emails that i was sending them because they would show up uh, and be confused about what we were doing and I'm like dude, it's impossible for you to be confused I'm so detailed. I tell you everything you need to know. You just have to actually read it. Anyway
1: He
0: when knows, you who, he he is. Is he knows who he is This is the lowest common
1: denominator Someone proves that they are somehow lower <laughs>
0: <laughs> Exactly man, exactly. That's how it is. That's how it is. All right, so uh, We are going to very quickly pull up uh questions that we didn't get to during live stream sunday and use those to kind of kick us off into our talk for today what what, what am i looking oh here we go um boom there it is all right so we left off right around here so what genre are you looking forward to playing in most in the future i know you said that you like to Step away, do other things, re- refresh, come back. What's the genre that like is titillating to you? That like maybe you haven't dabbled in yet, but you want to.
1: I think, and it's always because I have like so many like concepts, and I'm like, oh, I should try this, oh, I should try that. I think, I don't know how to articulate this. Like a western, like I'm just, just like picture this, like. Clint Eastwood style. You got, like, some dude, like, running around with, like, a revolver filled with silver bullets and he's hunting, like, vampires, werewolves. He's taking care of business out in some rough-and-tumble outpost. Yeah. With, like, his sidekick or whatever and, I don't know, I'd have to workshop it a little bit more, but...
0: I love it. I had a, I had... Something similar that wasn't exactly that but I had something similar where uh, I I wanted to use and I still might I don't know in the in the future, but I wanted to create a like time travel uh, Monster hunter so like kind of like doctor who meets Van Helsing, you know what I mean? and so like he's he's kind of gotta be like a detective about it because he's got to pick up clues in old victorian england they're gonna send him back further in time to like the origins of the vampire right or like the first werewolf and how was he but be- you know what i mean like trying to find like the sources of these things throughout history and going throughout history looking for the clues and finding them and hunting them and killing them that was always like but i don't have anything for that to exist in yet i i don't know I might, <laughs> like, we'll see <laughs> that's my idea anyway yeah,
1: I do very much like the angle of like having to like investigate like some kind of fantastic monster and figure out like All right, what does it do? What is it capable of? What are its capabilities? What are its yeah. weaknesses? How do I exploit those weaknesses? How do I put it put the monster in a position where I can maximize its vulnerabilities and Minimize its strength
0: or or like or or picture a scenario right where you're like a time traveler and and you you travel into some point in the future and the world is overrun by vampires or zombies or whatever the monster is it's just overrun and you're like oh shit or maybe they have like even like societies and stuff and like hierarchies and, and you're just like how did it get like this and then you gotta have to like backtrack their story to find like the origin point of their entire like species you know what I mean like it can, it can yeah. go any all those ways it's so it's so not and if you really do like a Doctor Who kind of thing where you can go any and be anywhere in time. It, you know, possibilities are endless. You know, should be a, a TV show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you, you kind of like touch on something very interesting, like an interesting concept where it's like information across like a temple like kind of like warfare scenario where how it kind like of changes
0: con- over time. And yeah,
1: yeah. Like and like you would like try to actively conceal like how they could like. Suss out like any relevant information to where you came from or what your origins are or how something was developed because you don't want them to go back there and find out something else about you so you kind of create you could in that like scenario create this very interesting uh it like cross time intrigue of where just people are perpetually trying to conceal like information about themselves because i mean i don't know if there would be like a capability for in your hypothetical like vampires overrun the world story and the hero is trying to backtrack their origins with their long lifespans would vampires be able to like like oh I remember this dude was a time traveler he came back and he found out this so yeah, in the yeah. future we need to try and conceal this
0: Yeah like like the the trail could look something like this like you could he could see like a world run by vampires and he could trace that back to when vampires first like made themselves public to the world right and then but then he's like wait but they've been here all along this is just them revealing themselves to us they've been hidden before this point so then the mystery becomes even more difficult because he is searching for a secret society of vampires before that point you know what i'm saying like that's the the, that's where i'm my head was at with with that whole like (laughs) it's bananas (laughs) it it would be cool and and i've tried to like shoehorn this character into like other stories and it's just he he or she has not fit yet you know like i don't i don't quite see them in their entirety just yet like they're, they're still just you know swiveling around in my brain uh what genre scares you from ever trying it
1: uh i'm never
0: gonna write romance Uh, So many of my male writer guests say that. (laughs) It's like the go-to answer is like, I ain't writing no romance. Fuck
1: it. I mean, like, I'm not because I'm like, oh, I can write like a surface level, like, like romantic subplot.
0: Yeah. Like my stories have romantic subplots as well. Yeah.
1: Like I could do that reasonably well without being like too cliche or like over the top or cheesy. But like, I can't revolve a whole narrative around that. Yeah, like that just seems so sappy and like convoluted to me. And I always make fun of these mainly because they all use the same set. But every Christmas, it's almost a Christmas tradition in our house that my my mom and my wife will enjoy like their Hallmark Christmas movies, and I will sit there and make fun of them for like the entire like marathon. I'll be like, "This is the same set they used in that other movie. That's the same <laughs> house that other cool lived in. This is just from a different angle." <laughs>
0: It's so me. I I would do the same thing to my sister. Like my 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 <laughs> wife occasionally enjoys a nice little rom-com like that. But for the most part, my wife just watches whatever I say we're watching that night. And not because I'm like a a movie tyrant or anything. It's just that she just isn't interested. She's like I will enjoy it while we're watching it and then I immediately forget I've ever seen it. It it just doesn't matter. It's just gone. So if I don't retain it, I don't care about choosing it. Just choose something and I'm along for the ride. Right. And I'm like, but, cool, bet. Like, I'm always gonna be picking stuff that I love and it's gonna be great.
1: <laughs> my, my wife's a bit of a remote dictator in the fact that if I have like something on in the background or if I'm like watching something, she's like, do you mind if I watch TV? I'm like, oh, no, go ahead. It's all turn on like whatever lifetime show or like whatever, like, I mean, you know, like white women TV, like 90 white Day Fiance, TV. or like <laughs> so Joe Millionaire, what mean- or
0: whatever. We don't even watch TV in our house anymore, like not in the traditional sense. We don't have channels so, like we don't have cable. We don't have any like we don't switch on the television and browse like we just yeah. have our streaming services and and we, we're we sharing all of them with different people. I don't think there's a single one that we even pay for, if I'm being honest, because I think the only one I was paying for was Hulu and I cut it because my sister started paying for it. So I jumped, just jumped on hers. <laughs> so like. You know, I'm on my dad's Netflix, I'm on my co-workers' HBO, you know, like like we we're all just sharing different. So I don't need a I don't need TV. I can just switch on whatever I want to watch. My list to be watched yes. is endless, like my to be read pile. So like, you know, <laughs> what what do I need TV for?
1: We're we're mostly the same way that most of the stuff we watch is on streaming services at this point. The only yeah. reason we really still have background cable voice. is because yeah, <laughs> a background uh my parents are still old school so they still watch the news on like regular TV and football season it's loyalty sunday ticket is the only thing keeping us and if direct tv loses that well all right bye bye direct tv subscription we're going to go
0: See, for me, it's the UFC fights. I miss every UFC fight, and I hate that I miss every UFC fight, but I'm, I'm not going to buy cable and pay monthly for cable just so I can see UFC fights. Like that's, I'm not big onto any other sports, but I want to see these dudes like beat the shit out of each other. It's, it, it, it makes me happy.
1: I got into UFC a little bit. I got really into hockey when I was overseas because that oh, was what was I, I on was the really TV. I was really into
0: hockey as a kid, yeah.
1: <laughs> that was what was on the TV. It's like overseas in the gym and they're like all right here's like the hockey lineup
0: i'm from buffalo so i was into hockey just by proxy and i was a sabers fan because i'm from buffalo and then i just kind of stopped watching after they got cheated out of the the championship like i just like i mean they they should have won and they didn't and i'm like what the what the hell like why am i watching this if if the legit winner doesn't win. Watch. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I, uh, I, I haven't watched it since. It's
1: like... We're all, we're all from... Oh, over here. So, Lake Erie, bros, for life.
0: <laughs> Lake Erie, man. Oh, that cold-ass <laughs> Lake Erie. Oh, so appropriately <laughs> named. Okay. Um, on your <laughs> blog... On your blog, you list your top ten favorite sci-fi universes. That was really fun for, for me to read, by the way. I fully expect your books... <laughs> to hold influences from some, or all of them, maybe. Uh, what sets yours apart from all of the ones on your list, though? What makes your sci-fi series your sci-fi
1: series? So it's a combination of, like, several different things. Like, I think that people can clearly tell the main influence of the Panzer series is Gundam. But whereas, like... So, so the perpetual message of Gundam is it's very anti war. War is bad, period. End of story. It's a very pacifist message, which makes sense if you were like a formerly like, war is like our first means of, because when your country you used to be Imperial Japan and you got a, you had a couple atomic bombs thrown your way, like you would understand why you'd suddenly be very dramatically opposed to, why <laughs> you'd suddenly be very dramatically opposed to war. Whereas like, so, Panther yeah. kind of recognizes that war is kind of a necessary evil mm. to where, like, you need to have. So, it's part of, like, my own philosophy where I think if you are incapable of being violent, you're not peaceful, you're harmless. So, you have to have that basic capability to defend yourself, defend others, and defend what is right. Otherwise, you're going to let evil people walk all over you. Damn. Cause they exist like hurricanes and floods and anything else. Evil people are out there.
0: Yeah, man. Unfortunately it's it's you gotta you gotta be a realist in the world that you live in. You know, I I, I saw a headline the other day, uh, what if Russia invades what is it, Ukraine? Ukraine. And I was just like, Jesus man, like this shit still happens? Where, like some some big bully country looks at another country and goes i'm gonna take all your shit and just invades like how does that still happen <laughs> like it was just really like, frustrating <laughs> to read that
1: uh, uh, like for russia for, for that example specifically it's because like the russian people they view like the baltic stakes belarus and ukraine as literal buffers against like the west yeah and historically Bad things have always happened to the people of those states every time the Russians end up dominating. Because you've Fair got the, po- the pogroms when the czars ran things. You had the holodomor when the Soviets ran things. they hmm. starved and killed a ton of Ukrainians. And then in World War II, most of their country was destroyed in World War II.
0: Jeez, man. It, 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 when you When you line up the sequence of events, <laughs> it may, it, the big picture kind of comes comes clear um this is a question that i have to ask because i have to like it's it's a it's a need inside of me um have you seen any ufos in your time in the military or <laughs> a- and if so were they friendly <laughs> what do aliens look like tell me everything you know immediately <laughs> well
1: there is <was, laughs> well there was this one time where this weird uh, no nah, i'm kidding i did I saw something weird in the sky once. It was actually before I was even in the military. It was, uh, I was riding with my dad up to North Carolina. And, uh, we were just talking, like, keeping each other awake because it was, like, two in the morning. uh, Ironically enough, Rocket Man was the song playing on the radio.
0: Of course it was. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And
1: we saw, like, we saw, like, a light in the sky get, like, it looked like a star, but then it got really bright and it (laughs) zoomed off we just kind of glanced at each other and went, huh, and never acknowledged it. <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of What about our lives like that didn't like, happen.
0: Let's, let's not even try to, to touch that. Let's, okay. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah I hear that. Was, uh...
0: I saw, um, you know, I saw once what I thought was like a meteor shower because I saw like several lights streaming across the sky downward, you know, and I was like, oh, check it out, a meteor shower, and then like, it was like four or five of them and the lights, like, then just, like, stopped at, like, different points in the sky, they just, like, stopped, and I was like, what the and then they just disappeared, and I was like anybody else? (laughs) Nobody? Okay. Nope, nobody else saw that. (laughs) Alright, fine. (laughs) I'll just wonder if I'm insane for the rest of my life, that's fine
1: (laughs) I think I think if they're like hiding UFOs maybe like the military itself did that at one point but if they they are now it's 100% contractors huh you can never keep a private
0: it would be like private entities is that what you're saying?
1: kinda I mean a lot of these defense contractors are essentially extensions of the government in my Hmm. opinion Hmm. but like it would be like the people they pay like six figures to guard a gate or whatever because you would never be able to keep a ma- private mouth shut but if you pay a guy like six figures they're gonna be like yeah i'm not gonna talk about this yeah okay. enough.
0: that makes sense that makes a whole lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah man uh the the you know the the cia has been like uh declassifying documents slowly over the last few years and everybody's starting to talk about ufos and now there's a new acronym for it and everything and i'm just like okay what's no, coming I'm guys not what's using coming? That new why, I'm not, why using all that.
1: Of... I'm not using that uap stuff that sounds like garbage. it's weird
0: uap like what is that oh it's a ufo like it was fine there's no need to change that <laughs> <laughs> and it's like and it's like why all of a sudden are you being so incredibly open This is so unlike you, CIA. Like what exactly (laughs) is about to happen that we need to know about here? (laughs) Well, all right. My last couple questions for you are what I call like the classics, right? The ones that everybody asks. So since this is your first time uh, doing anything uh, promotional like this on YouTube, I figured it would be good enough to ask you a couple of these. Number one, do you struggle with writer's block do you believe it exists? And if you do, how do you fight it?
1: <laughs> so, so, I don't, like, struggle per se with writer's block. I do have moments where I'm tired and I struggle to write more so than others. I wouldn't say, I think writer's block exists for some people, but like I said on the on the live stream, I'm very stubborn. So... Just beat yourself so, over the your head
0: until it's done. <laughs>
1: i will sit there and i will hammer out words i'm like they don't have to be perfect i just need to get words on paper because i can always edit them or get something out of them later
0: yeah for sure
1: i might be going at a steamroller pace but i'm going
0: (laughs) now i you know i whenever i ask this of people i always like to throw in my two cents that i don't believe in writer's block really like i don't think it's a thing i think it's a misunderstood part of like uh the writing process something that's designed to let you know that there's something missing something you haven't worked on something you need to complete before you can move further like you're stopped here because even though you want to write the next sentence you can't you have not done some legwork somewhere find it do it and then you'll find that you're flowing again and so that's how I look at writer's block. With that in mind, what about imposter syndrome? Do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome where you feel like, oh, why am I even doing this? Uh, yeah, I'm no writer. Look at these other writers.
1: And I'm, uh, you know, because I that I struggle with. <laughs> I, know, I, I struggle with that all the time. I'm like, cause like I'll see like some of these numbers. I'm like, you I'm a chump. Like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> Bro,
0: talk to- like, or I'm
1: like, like, dude, complimenting like my covers the other day, like I was just talking about my covers, like, oh, it's not like exactly how I would want it. I was just talking to my wife, like last night, in fact, like, oh, they're not exactly how I want to look and if I could redo it, like maybe book one's like a little bit different to signal the genre a little bit more clearly, but.
0: My guy, uh, I am nowhere near the point where I need to think about my cover and I am stressed out about my cover. Like I, I, I need to find the perfect artist that's gonna like you know manifest this vision into an actual book cover that's gonna make people want to buy my book because like there's also like psychology behind book covers right and like how they make you want to pick it up or not right so like like i i just I, number one i'm not an artist i can't trust myself to it but i also know that i i i, I appreciate my eye at least. So, like, I can look at a piece of art and be like, you know, this looks good. This is what I'd like. Add more of this, take away that, but, you know, whatever. But, man, like, I'm stressed out about my cover. I, I really want something that, that, like I said, that jumps off of the shelf and makes you go, like, what is that? And pick it up and you read the back and you're like, oh shit, this sounds cool. And before yeah. you know it, you bought a, a big ass <laughs> epic sci fi murder mystery.
1: <laughs> Which is why I. Don't it's know. Cool. I- I, I have some opinions about covers. Like, I personally, like, stay away from pre mades because they don't really help my genre much. No. And, probably, and I'm like, is this a reader or, like, an author opinion? Because I'm also an avid reader. But I'm like, probably just think they look cheap-looking. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I'm just, for some genres, they probably work a lot better. For mine. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't think pre mades are great.
0: Look, man. Like, Like, everything, <laughs> it has its place, right? But... At the end of the day, you're going to pick what's right for your product, and your book is a product that you're trying to sell. And so, as far as I'm concerned, I know that if I'm writing a sci-fi book, a sci-fi genre book, my cover should look and feel sci-fi so that it attracts a sci-fi reader. I get that. But I also am adamant that my book is a multi-genre like melting pot of all kinds of stuff and as such i want to reach as many readers as possible and so there's always that to think about too and you want to find your niche but you don't want to go too niche because you want to make some sales and it's this whole thing and like again the science besides behind the cover and it's just like i want the cover to look like it's my book my brand my product and and I want them all to look like they belong together and everything and it's gonna be a whole thing like i'm I'm trying to finish my edit of my first draft turn it into my second draft send it off to an editor and start freaking out about the cover because it's just like like (laughs) like,
1: how am i gonna do this
0: how am i gonna decide on
1: when i first started even thinking about my cover i was it just kind of like rolled up on me which it's very unlike me at this point like yeah where well, you're like oh
0: yeah i have to do a cover like you hadn't even like paid attention to it until i like
1: i was like uh, uh, uh,
0: cover it's just it's just a book with no cover it just starts at page one it's just like <laughs> you didn't put a cover <laughs> well, on book.
1: like like a screenshot of like page one <laughs>
0: <laughs> chapter one where's the cover that is the cover Chapter
1: One. <laughs> I, I will begin? say it's gotten easier now that i've gotten my wife a lot more on board with the whole business side of things
0: yeah that's cool to she, have like a
1: partner see in you can see the impact of having like a good cover like good editing and like i don't have to turn around and explain why i need to pay for these things
0: yeah see i i have gotten to the point where I've partnered up with like my long term, long term, with my long lifelong best friend. I can't talk today. Um, you know, this dude is, is my brother, basically. Like I don't have real brothers. This, is a, this guy's the closest thing on the planet to a brother that I have. And, uh, and he and his brother started a company where they're helping creative people to finish their projects, whatever their project is, to uh, find the, the funding to make it something that looks professional and is worth people's money so that it sells and put money into the marketing, all that kind of stuff. And so I've, I'm lucky enough to be partnered up with these dudes who are creative people in and in, in of themselves. Uh, And and they're trying to, you know, do this thing. And and it's it's crazy because, like, I know that I'm going to be stressing out about the cover, among other things, the formatting of the book. Like, it's all going to be a a nightmare for me. But I'll have people who know what they're doing, who are looking for it to be successful because they're invested in this, too. Like, if I don't make money, they don't make money. We're all trying to make money here. (laughs) Yeah. so it's nice to have like you know backup you know what i mean like that and, and, and yeah being authors I, I i say this all the time people think that being an author is one job it's like 19 jobs like you're doing yeah, so it's, many different things dude, it's nice there's a lot
1: right? going on that people don't appreciate
0: dude there's a lot going on, man. Like even before you send your book off to an editor, hopefully you've done an edit of your own through it. You are a writer. You are an editor. You are a proofreader. You are you're a beta reader for yourself. You, all these other things that you're using other people for, you have to do all those things too. You have to market your own book. You have to fund the the printing of your book. All of these things. Like it's like it's bananas, man. It's bananas. So much to do. So much uh do you have plans to adapt your books into other mediums movies
1: so the thing funny enough i was actually listening to uh the episode before uh last sunday's live stream with the comic guy whose name escapes me for the moment robert
0: jones the story detective robert Robert
1: jones robert jones from story detective yeah i uh I have thought about comics a lot. I think if Pantera is going to jump into another medium, it's either going to be like comics or my brother is more into like the computer's like programming side and he wants to do like some kind of video game thing. So, depending on the complexity of that, it might be that. I have some other concepts for like comic books or something that I might do. It's either a comic book or a novel or excuse me, graphic novel. I'd have to figure out which. It's a giant monster story. Or a long oh, set yeah. of giant monster stories because I'm I'm some level of autistic and I have to have these grand sweeping long decades long narratives. That, that sounds <laughs> awesome,
0: dude. That that's dope, man. I love reading that stuff. I would love to read that from you. Uh, I always tell people like I I love write reading big genre benders and, and, and big epics with lots of different characters. So that's, you know, even though they tell you never to write that as your first book, that's my first book. It's a big epic with lots of different characters and storylines and and it's the first of a trilogy. And like every rule they said not to do, I broke every single one of them because I just like, that's what I like to read. That's what I like to write. I'm not going to write something I don't like. I was just, you know, write what you like.
1: I mean, that's the good thing about like being an indie is that the only rules you really have to follow are like whatever the market, says and sometimes well, you can get or away ultimately, with really
0: really story structure
1: are the rules that you really have to so
0: just follow the rules of story structure otherwise do whatever you want like it's for you right like i'm sorry go ahead
1: <laughs> yeah no like whatever the market will bear even then like you can get away with messing with that sometimes i recently and a lot of people are noticing it in the fifth panzeria book i switched from doing a variation of the three act structure that i was using in the previous four to uh dan harman's story cycle Okay. Which is, yeah. self-identification of the hero's journey,
0: yeah.
1: And my editor was like, This is working really well for you, you're clearly a lot more comfortable writing this, it flows really well. I was like, All right, I think I found my structure for pretty much every book in this universe going forward. Nice. Um,
0: when when I was re- when I was plotting my uh my book, uh, and I originally had like way too many characters and I did actually have to cut like a bunch of them down and find my core story and everything but when I found my core story it revolved around three characters and I wanted their three storylines to feel distinct to the reader not just because it's a different character but I almost wanted each to be a different genre almost you know what I mean so like you're following one who is the detective who is trying to solve the mystery of this murder and it's leading her down this crazy rabbit hole of like further revelations and it gets twistier you know then you're also following this like bounty hunter who's like on a redemption arc of sorts right and then you've got uh this like hippie witch chick who's going through like an awakening of her magic powers. Okay. And so like I decided like I needed to give them each different story structure and Kent Sean will be the first one to tell us that it's all the same thing. It's all the hero's journey. Ultimately every single story structure that is being (laughs) fed to you. It's all just a different interpretation of the hero's journey or a different way to think about it or to look about it. But with that in mind, I chose three different what I would call story structures so that I could at least, for me, feel like they were different flavors. So like uh, the detective has your basic three act structure that most things have, movies, novels, etc. The, uh, the, uh, the bounty hunter character who's on a redemption arc is uh, Freytag's pyramid, which is ultimately a tragedy. The, the climax is in the middle and then it's like a straight decline. So I've instead seen that of before. It, yeah, so instead <laughs> of the climax being near the end, right by the, the 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 final confrontation, you know, like all of that is kind of usually all tied together in the end. There, the the big climax is kind of in the middle of this story, and then it's all just like downhill from there, and then. Faye the uh the witch character has like your classic hero's name there
1: a witch yeah,
0: <laughs> Faye, the witch. uh she has like your classic hero's journey with like 12 points or whatever it is and like you go through the whole thing as she's so like hopefully there's a nice change of flavor as you as you read but ultimately it's all the hero's journey <laughs> it's all the same shit. <laughs> We're all just trying to tell each other the same story over and over again. Um, I saw
1: an interesting quote in, I think it's Sci-Fi Novelist on Facebook, where he said, uh, there's nothing new under the sun, but there are many suns. (laughs)
0: Ah, (laughs) that's actually a pretty good quote. That makes sense. I like that. That's cool. (laughs) There are many suns. That always trips me up too, the way that we talk about um, Earth as if it's dirt, but it's also the name of our planet, but then you have other planets with other names. So like if you were standing on, I don't know, Saturn, would you say the Saturn was moist today when you're talking about moist dirt? are you? Talking I, about- have,
1: I have I <laughs> run into that so many times with a story that takes place on a terraformed Mars where they, they, they said like, oh, they'll move heaven and Mars, but they'll never be like, they never refer to like the ground is Earth. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking about putting like some like throwaway line and like the spin up the, the Blackwater series, the stuff falling yeah. in space. About oh yeah, it's like people that like live their whole lives on Mars. They like no matter what nation they're from. Like a lot of them like the stereotype of, like people from Earth is like oh they're lazy or they're entitled or <laughs> oh they're spoiled <laughs> kids, they're spoiled children or yeah. whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the way the rest of the world looks at America is how Mars looks at Earth. That makes sense. <laughs> Dude, uh, this was an absolute pleasure. It was very, very fun to talk to you. You're a natural at this. You should do more of it. Uh, go on other people's shows because, uh, yeah, man, you, 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 you got it. You got this. Um, I'm going to give you the floor one final time uh, for the people at home watching on YouTube or listening to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let them know where they can buy your books. Let them know when your next book is coming out. Uh, any information like that that they might need. I'm going to give you the floor. Go for it.
1: All right, sweet. So, my latest book, Armored Warrior Panzer, Grim Harvest, is available at Amazon.com. You can not miss, you can avoid missing any release by just following me on my author page on Amazon or following me on BookBub. My next book to release is going to be Homeworld United. Uh, sorry, Homeworld United, the third book in the Homeworld War series. And that will release in late March exact date is to be determined but I got a cover reveal for people that are subscribed to my newsletter
0: like a pro bro like a pro all right brother uh, <laughs> for everybody at home thank you so much for tuning in like comment subscribe let us know your favorite sci-fi or fantasy war series uh, te butcher my friend Tyler here thank you very very much for being with us and you're welcome back anytime uh, just uh, let uh, me know I, I we'll love it okay. alright it'll be awesome and uh, uh, and now that uh, I've opened the world's eyes to you hopefully other people are going to reach out to you and, and get you on their show Barrett Laurie conducts a great interview so check him out for sure um, for everyone else at home come back on uh, well uh, Sunday for live stream Sunday we're going to be talking to Sarah Stewart about BDSM erotic fiction it's going to st- Get steamy and sexy and awesome. And uh, you know, tune in for that. Good stuff. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Ride on writers and we